You got your Bible this morning? How many know it's the Word of God? No, I mean it. How many know it's life and health to all those that find it? Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Man, if I, if I was in trouble, I, you know one of the reasons I read the Bible? It certainly wasn't because anybody told me to. It's because I was desperate. I got desperate, and I thought, well, maybe what Grandma had been saying is true. Maybe I ought to find out. And you know what I found out? There was more in there than even Grandma told me about. Hmm. Look at your neighbor and say, there might be more in there than you've been told. There might be. I'm going to preach about 1,400 years this morning. I'm going to preach 1,400 years because I'm convinced that the body of Christ has a short-term memory. I'm convinced they don't know the whole story. I'm convinced that they've gotten stuck on a jot and a tittle. They've gotten stuck here. And they're, they're, they're trying to, and they forget the story. You see, if, if, if I were to tell you about Annie and I's marriage and I just told you about the last year, you wouldn't know anything. But if I talked to you about 43 years, you'd know something. See, you, you, you can't pick that out and think you know anything. And many people pick that out and pick that out and this out and they argue it and they don't know anything. They're just caught up in their own puffiness. That's what the lawyers did to Jesus in the book of the, right? Well, I'm going to tell you a 1,400-year story. Go to Exodus, a couple of verses there. Exodus chapter 16, verse 2. The whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. All of them did. And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the pots of meat and when they ate the bread to the full. That's not true. They never ate till they were full by pots of meat. That's not what happened. But they're going, we were full over there. It was good. It was good. It was good. It wasn't good. It was Pharaoh. They were dying. For you have brought us out in the wilderness to kill the whole assembly here with hunger. That's not true. Manna was falling out of the sky. Water was running out of a rock. The birds were showing up every morning. But they're sitting there going, why can't we go back? This is nuts. If you go to the 17th chapter, the people said, give us water that we may drink. Why are you contending with us? Why have you brought us out here that we might die? Numbers says something like this. We had fish and melons and cucumbers and onions and garlic over there. We got nothing out. These people are nuts. They're out here. They're free. Free at last. They're out here. They're free. They're, they've watched their enemies be drowned in the Red Sea. The last time they saw Pharaoh, he was gurgling. They stood there and watched God kill their enemy. They had been breaking the chains. They saw the plagues, and they were finally free. But they're complaining about their freedom. This is weird. This is weird how you can be saved and still be complaining. I, I, I take my grandchildren. We go to this little place in Missouri. You ever put four people under the age of 10 in the back of a car and take a five-hour trip? You get to Yoder, and it goes something like this. Are we there yet? You get to Mays, and it's like, how much further? You get to Wichita, and it's like, well, if we'd known it taken so long, I want to stop the car, put them on the side of the road, call their parents and say, they're there at mile marker 392. <laughs> I mean, they're going to spend four days with pops on the back of an inner tube. We're going to go to the grocery store and buy any kind of cookie and cracker they want to because mom ain't there. I'm going to stuff them full of sugar and carbs, and I'm going to drag them around on the lake <laughs> Isn't it interesting how people can be broken free of abuse and they want to go back? 
I, I know it's hard to believe, but have you ever, I'd counsel with people that were being abused, but they didn't want to leave. They had become so familiar. It was so predictable. They were so comfortable in that environment that they'd rather stay. The children of Israel out here in this environment of which they are not accustomed. They're not in control. It's unpredictable. We hate change. We don't want to change anything. I have to admit, don't change my schedule. Mm -mm. Don't, don't, don't mess with it. See, we, the children of Israel are going free, but they're not in control. It's change, and they don't understand change. It's too unpredictable. One of the greatest fears of humanity is fear of the unknown. And yet, all of us are on a journey into the unknown. None of you have a map as to where you're going. I don't care what you've got planned for tomorrow. Good luck with that. The children of Israel, once slaves, are out here and they are grumbling because they do not understand that in the wilderness they're going to learn to depend on God. It's the hardest lesson for any of us to do because after all, we don't need each other. We bought the lie. If we do that, get that apple, if we do that, we won't need God. We'll live on our own. Because we don't want, we live in America, we're independent. Dummies. Dummies. You weren't created to be independent. You were created to depend entirely upon God. You were made to run barefoot in a garden that was devoid of stickers. You were made to trust God to set the thermostat on the wall. You were made to eat from fruit you would never plant. You were made to live in this eternal wonderland with God. You were never made to run your own life. You were never made to develop the abilities and the skills to control your world. You were made to live dependent on the breath of God that was inside of you. And the lie came through and told you you didn't need God. You could be like God and depend on yourself. And it didn't work. I mean, the very next thing Adam says is, I'm afraid. You do understand the minute you try to depend on yourself, the door of fear opens. Because you will never be sufficient by yourself. God brings them out of bondage, puts them in a place where they're going to have to learn to trust Him. They're going to have to learn to depend on Him. They're going to have to learn that they've been lied to about controlling their own life. And it's not going to be fun. These people are never going to get it. They're going to die never realizing the fullest and highest potential that is at their disposal, which is the reality that God is in them. That's why you'll hear David write, the Lord is my strength, the Lord is my blankie, the Lord is my help, the Lord is my... You see, if you go down inside yourself and try to find your own strength, it's inadequate. You can do nothing on your own. And it's the dichotomy, the paradox of I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But you're never going to know the power of the Christ until you first admit, I can't do that by myself. 
Here they are, out here, and they're going to learn to trust the God of the bread and the God of the water and the God. I mean, my potential is not my potential. It's actually his potential that I discover when I realize that I'm weak and that he's strong. This journey through the wilderness was a school. All of us will go through that school. None of us will not go through the school of learning to depend upon the God that's on the inside of us and that we were created to rely and to trust in him who is in us and not within our own abilities. My friends, we are living in disorienting times. We are living in desperate times. To say it isn't so means you've still got your job. We are living in tremendous moments that parallel a journey through the wilderness. Like never before, we must learn to understand that we can trust God. Everywhere I turn, I was in Oklahoma City yesterday, Bishop, what do you think is going to happen next? It's another way of saying, what does the future hold? It's really the same thing as change. All this change that's happening, what does the future hold? What's tomorrow look like? It's And they just simply said, we can't handle it. We want to go back. We want to try and go back into Egypt. It's too late. You can't go back. He saved you. You can't go back. How many here have been saved? You ain't going back. I don't care what bad religion has told you. You ain't going back. These people aren't going to get to go back. You're not going to stop God's plan. His plan was to redeem you. You've been redeemed. You're out here. The question is, are you going to discover to lean not to your own understanding, but trust in Him? The question is... Are you going to turn and go back or are you going to trust in the Lord? The question is, what are you going to do? It's your choice. They, they were brought right up to Kadesh Barnea. They, they walked through the wilderness. They weren't there long. And they sent spies into the land. Anybody know this Bible story? They sent spies in the land. Two came back and said yes. Ten came back and said we can't. And fear is like smoke. Smoke just permeates through the house. You ever burnt? fish in your house, just permeates through the house, and fear is contagious, it's more contagious than a virus, and it'll permeate, and ten frightened men contaminated three million people, just ten, ten people that were afraid of giants who were afraid of them, they were afraid. They saw the giants and they were afraid and their fear contagiously moved through 10 million people. It's so interesting to me that 40 years later as Joshua would come back up here and they'd send out their spies, they'd talk to this woman by the name of Rahab and and Rahab would go, 40 years ago we melted, our hearts fainted because we saw what your God did to Pharaoh at the Red Sea. We watched as you approached us, and our hearts have been scared for 40 years. The 40 years, the people you're afraid of have been afraid of you. The enemy that's a, that you're afraid of is afraid of you. And these 3 million people will die going in circles because they're afraid of people that are afraid of them. Just wander around in circles. You know how many Christians I know are wandering around in circles, afraid of something that's afraid of them? Hmm. All the inhabitants, she said. The the Bible says when we get to heaven, we're going to go, that worm 
is the devil? I think we get this idea that under our feet we'll crush this big guy in red with a horn. No, it's a worm. Everybody's afraid of the devil. They're afraid of you. You see, those people thought their survival depended upon their own ability. Those people thought that God was expecting them to do something. If you just do this, if you just do this, if you wouldn't smoke, if you wouldn't drink, if you'd come to this denomination, if you get your doctrine just right. Hmm. Okay. Dead. Go 500 years fast. We're in the promised land. Joshua fit the battle of Jericho. David's killed the Philistines. Solomon's built the temple. And we've had a couple of kings. We're in the land. We've got a kingdom. There's a king that was Uzziah and Jotham, and now this kid, Asa, dumb kid, dumb kid, evil kid, 19, 20, kid. I mean, you got Israel over there, and she's divided into the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. You got 10 and 2. You, you, you listening to me? 10. Israel's in the north. Two tribes, Judah, are in Jerusalem. And we got Asa, this evil king, kid. And he's decided that we ought to serve Baal, who's a pornographic sexual deviant. And so we don't have internet, so we'll build statues that are sexually explicit. We'll set up temples that are prostitutes in order to worship Baal. You've got to sleep with a prostitute, and then you can go worship Baal. And then we've got Asrith, which really just says, do anything you want to do. Just whatever you want to do. You can serve any occultic god you want to serve. You can just do, you can live any alternative way. There are no absolutes. It doesn't matter. Be yourself. Oh, not a lot different. And then we got Molech. And Molech was the, the god that had a bowl with its arms out and would kill babies and let the blood drip through the bowl. That's Asa, the king. He's in charge, and there is no, and the believers, the true Hebrews, they're, they're like going, what is going on with our culture? What is happening? What, what, what? And, and they're scared. And Isaiah, he's not the old prophet, he's still a young guy, 23, 24. And they're all looking to Isaiah, what do we do? The king's gone nuts, crazy, crazy times. And, and and Israel, the northern kingdom, they decide that this is a good time to take back over Jerusalem. So they go make a deal with Syria, and they come and camp outside of Jerusalem. Now, you got to get this. We've come through the wilderness 500 years later. We're Jerusalem. We have a king. We have... But there's trouble on the inside, and there's trouble on the outside. And the believers on the inside are going, what is going on? There's fear everywhere. So Isaiah the prophet finds this king, Asa, and he catches him. And in Isaiah chapter 7, he said, look, you silly boy, you think you're a king. And you think there's kings out there. You've been consulting Baal and Asherah and Molech. You've been asking questions of deities that are not God. You've been trying to figure out what's going on by consulting other spirits. But ask God for a sign, and God will speak to you. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 11. 
And Asa says, I'm not consulting God. I'll never ask God. You know how many people today don't want to ask God? It's an insult not to consult the God that makes you. I'll never ask God. Are you in the room? It's interesting because I can see Isaiah 22, 23, talking to a 19, 20-year-old king. And you can feel the scriptures. And you're going to know the scripture the minute I read it because we read it every Christmas. We read it every Christmas and we think it's in a Christmas story. No, it's in the middle of evil. It's in the middle of a country that doesn't know what to do. And he, and he says, I'll give you a sign. A virgin shall get pregnant with a child, and that child will be born, and he'll be the king, and he'll choose good and refuse evil. You think you're the king, but you will go, and that king will go, and that king will go, and Herod will go, and this child will be born, and that will be a sign that God is king. See, we take it so out of context, and we go, unto us a child is born, and we sing a Christmas song. Oh, no, 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 no. That was a prophetic word given to an evil king in one of the most depressing, distressing times of human history. And it was a prophecy of the birth of Christ. Are you getting this? Interesting. That prophetic word empowers the nation of Israel to take a stand. God is coming, you silly boy. You silly things that think you can gather against God's chosen. You people who think you can introduce. I brought them out of Egypt. I put them in the promised land. I've established the kingdom of David. There is a king that's coming. I'll never, ever allow silly people or silly plans to derail my purpose for my creation. But fear, so contagious, right? We're not in the wilderness. We're in Jerusalem. We're... And the believers, the Hebrews, are still huddled in fear. And they're going, Isaiah, what does that mean? A child will be born. What, what, that, what does that mean? Fear. Have you ever heard somebody say fear? False evidence appearing real. You ever heard anybody say that? How many of you said that? That's a lie. That's not true. That's some religious crap made up. That giant was real. Goliath is real. That Red Sea is real. That evil king is real. That Assyrian army is real. How many of you know I face some real stuff? It ain't false. That mountain's real. It's a cliche to go false evidence. Period. No, it's not. No, that's real. You can't deny fear. And you can sit there all you want to go, I got faith, I got faith, I got faith. That'll never replace fear. Fear is the result of knowing God loves you. Faith is a result of it. Fear is the reality that there is a weapon formed against you. It can't prosper, but there's a weapon aimed at you. That's real. You'll never defeat fear going, I can't fear, I can't fear, I can't fear. Oh. Let me give you a definition of fear. Real fear is honoring, respecting, and reverencing. Honoring, respecting, and reverencing one who you believe is bigger than you who can destroy you, overcome you, kill you. That's fear. When you're gripped with something that you know is stronger and you tremble and you collapse, that's fear. But hear me this morning. We forget that we have the choice who we fear. 
we can fear the enemy inside, the enemy outside, the giants over there. Or we can understand that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. To fear the Lord. He's the one who needs to be honored and respected and revered. He's the one that's bigger than everybody in this room. He's bigger than your agenda. He's bigger than your problems. But here's the reality is contrary to religious doctrine, God isn't going to get angry with you. God isn't going to destroy you. In fact, he's patient with you. He'll follow you into your own sin and wait till you turn around and you recognize that though he's all-powerful, he's a forgiving God. Seventy times seven. That the God that has all authority and all power to destroy everything isn't going to hurt you. In fact, he's going to take all that power and work for you. So the choice today is not whether or not you have fear, but do you fear the right one? Listen, I'm more afraid of not being a part of his purpose than I am of the coronavirus. I'm more afraid of not being submitted and obedient to him than I am picking a party. I am more afraid of not following him. I have to honor him and worship him and reverence him. I haven't got time to be worried about the spit of a king who thinks that it doesn't matter. I haven't got time to be worried about an army that's gathered. God brought me out. He'll bring me through. He'll sit me in heavenly places. He'll fill me with his spirit. And I don't have to be afraid of what man can do to me because I know the God that's on the inside of me. And I got to tell you, there's moments I tremble in his presence, Nita. When I recognize just who he is, I got to tell you, it, it, it doesn't make me get arrogant and bold. Uh -uh. No, it, it makes me, ooh. <laughs> I mean, enter into his presence with thanksgiving and a little bit of humility. I, I recognize my need. Uh, you're not in the room. I'm concerned about an American faith that is so arrogant. I'm concerned about an American faith that thinks they can teach one, two, three, boom, bang, boom, give to me. I'm a little concerned about an America that knows they're certain. You're in, you're out, I'm up, you're down, you're good, you're bad. I'm a little concerned. Because now I'm just not certain I know everything there is to know about this unknowable God. I just think i got to leave some... People are asking me all the time, what do you think about this? Well, I don't waste my time thinking about things that are too difficult for me to understand. I wasn't there when he spread out the oceans. I wasn't there when he put the stars in the sky. I wasn't there. You know, there are things that he doesn't share. Oh, well, fear. See, you, you have a choice. You can fear, respect, and, and they're shaking in their boots. The, the little Hebrews huddled in Jerusalem, and Isaiah's telling them, I told him off. I told the king off. I told him there's a child coming. One was going to be born, and da-da-da-da-da-da. And you can feel the little church sitting in Isaiah's presence going, And so in the 8th chapter of Isaiah, the 11th verse, Isaiah turns to the followers. And he says, the Lord spoke to me with a strong hand. Say, strong hand. Any of you have been around here very long? Do you remember Damien? 
If Damien gave a prophetic word, the little Jamaican guy, the the ceiling tile would fall out. I mean, I, I can remember standing right there and he'd start with a word. I'd just go on my knees. If you're really old here, you'll remember Sonny Seal. And if Sonny cleared his throat, you just laid down. Because I'm serious. If Sonny turned around and used that bony finger, see, there's a few of you that remember. He'd turn and use that finger, and that side of the church would fall down. And Isaiah said, I have a strong word for you who are afraid. I have a strong word that you who are concerned. Verse 12. Do not call conspiracy everything that these people call conspiracy. It's in the Bible. This is for all you conspiracy theorists out there. Do not call conspiracy everything that these people call conspiracy. Do not fear what they fear. Do not dread what they dread. The Lord Almighty is the one who is hallowed or holy. He is the one you are to fear. He is the one you are to dread. He will be your sanctuary. I will wait for the Lord who is hiding his face from the house. I'll put my trust in him. Here I am, I and the children of the Lord. We are for signs and wonders and miracles. Here is my word, church of the 2020 year. Number one, don't talk the way they talk. It is the way of the world to analyze everything going on. And this group over here spins it this conspiracy. And this group over here, they spin this conspiracy. And this group over here, just watch different news channels. They've each got that group doing this and this group doing that. That group doing, I don't know whether a rat made it in China. Don't care. I don't care if there's a UFO out there controlling the banking industry. I don't care. You need to understand, I don't care whether the elephant did this or the donkey did that. They're both stupid as far as I'm concerned. I don't care. Isaiah says, listen, you cannot get involved in the conspiracy stuff that the world is getting involved in. You can't talk like them. That's not our way. We don't do that. We have a word from God. Uh, See, it didn't get any reaction out of first service either. I told you last week, if I flop this week, remember last week. See, don't go the way of the world analyzing it. Number two, don't fear what they fear. Don't allow their fears to become your fears. Don't respond to the things of the world the way they respond. Don't pick up their fears. Yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no. Listen, that king is evil. That junk out there is evil. It's all evil. How many of you are not supposed to fear evil because good always triumphs over evil? If it's evil, guess what you can do with it? Dismiss it. If it's evil, go away. I ain't listening. It's evil. Have you noticed? There's a lot of stuff in the world. Just flat evil. You ever walked into a room and go, oh, that's evil. I just don't think I want anything to do with that. Evil will hurt you. I, but I'm not afraid of evil. I mean, he sets a table before us in the presence of our enemies. In other words, I'm going to eat while they're... Don't, don't be afraid of what they're afraid of. There's a lot of stuff out there to be afraid of, but we're not of this world. You, you understand? This is, number one, don't talk like they talk. I, if I get one more thing from anybody going, well, this and this and this and this, I'm like, why are you wasting your time? 
You could have spent that time going, thank you, God. You could have spent your time praying for Anita. You could have spent your time reading the Bible, but you're going, oh, my God, do you think that they made this in a rat and sent it down from Mars and they did this? And do you think that Bill Gates is behind it to do this, to control the money? I don't know. <laughs> What's your point? You're going to figure out and analyze it? And when you get done analyzing it, can I tell you? Boop, wrong answer. All of that is to make you not like somebody. The impetus behind every conspiracy is to get you not to like somebody. Every conspiracy wants to make the other person bad. I don't care whether you're on this side or you're on this side. What they both have in common, what they all have in common is they're not good. I ain't having nothing to do with any of it. I'm going to stand in the middle of it and say, God's chosen all you people. Don't talk like they talk. Don't dread what they dread. Stand there in the middle of it and honor God. And give reverence and glory. So how do you deal with this fear? Let him be my fear. Let the fear of the Lord deposit that. Oh, come on. You don't spit into the wind. You don't pull on Superman's cape. You don't pull the mask off Oh, Long Ranger, and you don't mess around with Jim. Can I just tell you something? When you start listening to the world, you're pulling the mask off of God. When you start acting and responding the way the world acts, you're tugging on something you shouldn't be. Listen, I don't know what God is up to in 2020, but I guarantee it's good. Because he takes, oh, come on, don't you remember the story? Joseph's brothers came in and said, right before dad died. This is so cool. The brothers came running into Joseph and said, right before dad died, he told us to tell you to forgive us. <laughs> See, the brother... Some are going, who's Joseph? Oh, he's the guy with the coat of many colors that got sold in a pot of her. Uh, read the book. <laughs> See, if I had a week and all of you would give me 40 hours, I could teach the whole Bible, and then when I taught it, you'd get it. Never mind. You <laughs> just stay all week. You know? Joseph. Joseph had been, had been, his brothers had thrown him into a pit, sold him into slavery, and had wanted him dead. And now he's in charge. And so they come and they say, right before daddy died, daddy told us to tell you not to kill us after he was dead. See, they thought that Joseph wouldn't kill him as long as dad was alive. But now that dad was dead, they thought Joseph would get vindication and kill him. Dad said. <laughs> it's kind of like your children walk up to you and say, no, mama said. Mama said nothing. I'm going to whoop your behind. No. Daddy said that you had to forgive us. I like what Joseph said. Listen, you meant it for evil. But God meant it. What it? That same it. That it of this stupid king. That it of those out there. That it of the virus. That it of whatever they devised. 
Haman, thank you for building that gallows because I'm going to use it on you. Who's Haman? Read the book. <laughs> or, or, or how about this one? David said, you dug that pit for me, but God's going to use it for you. You meant it for evil, but God meant it. You do understand that everything that's formed against you right now, everything that the evil one has set up to kill you with, God is going to use it. Oh, my God. So when you see it, it come at you to scare you, you can rejoice and say God's going to use it against you because I ain't afraid of it because I know the God who can take the it and turn it against. That's good preaching. I may not measure last week, but it's still good. It deserves a B plus, right? <laughs> see, see, it, it whoa, makes me tremble when I think about how God is going to take it. Don't talk like they talk. Don't fear what they fear. Fear the one that could hurt your soul. Don't fear those that can do. Don't, don't, don't fear that. He is my sanctuary. I love Isaiah. I ain't talking like that conspiracy stuff. I ain't fearing what they fear. He, I've made him. He isn't going to build me a fortress. He is my fortress. He isn't going to give me a shield. He is. He is my sanctuary. Jerusalem, this walls, this temple can come tumbling down because my security is not in a place. My security is in a relationship. And he chose me. Listen to me, you huddled little frightened people. Get in him. He is our protection and our fortress. It's a relationship. He. What do you do when you're wandering through a desert? Stay in him. What do you do when you're seated on the hill of Jerusalem and they're attacking you? Stay in him. Stay in relationship. Don't be drawn off by the conspiracy theories. Don't be drawn off by the fear. Just choose to give yourself to him and stay. Am I, am I making any sense yet this morning? You think maybe the Bible parallels the moments of our times? You think maybe the Old Testament might be worth reading? Might be worth understanding how God has a plan and nothing will take you out of that. Haven't you ever read, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. Oh, my God. Him will I trust. Hide me under the... Deliver me from the pestilence. No weapon for, are you in it? Wow. While you're worried about conspiracies and what if, what's the future hold, I think I'll just stay in him. I think I'll just sing Kumbaya while the world goes to hell. Because <laughs> see, I'm not going where they're going. You're, you're not here. I'm under his wings. No evil shall befall you, nor plague Dot, dot, dot. Oh, well. Never mind. See, you can't fight fear, but you can replace it with a greater one.
And when you replace it with him, and he's the strongest, the biggest, the highest, and you get in him, perfect love now removes all. Hmm. And you hide in that place. You trust in that place. I love what Isaiah says. Here am I, I and the children that are for signs and wonders and miracles. Listen to me. Asa heard me tell about the child that will be born, but you are the sign he can see. You. Now we are not afraid. Now we can love even those that are worshiping the occult. Now we can love the crazy evil people in the world around us. We can love the enemies that are camped out there. Now we have no fear, so now we can love, and we will be assigned to the world because we love one another, we love our enemies, and now we walk through the streets and we're unafraid of what the crazy king is going to do from his house or what the enemy is going to do outside there because we are at peace in the knowledge that God is with us. Hello, church. You're supposed to be separate, different, holy, other than that out there. In fact, you're supposed to live so differently, talk so differently, that they go, How, why are you so calm? <laughs> that stuff has crept into the church. We need to push it out. We need to hear what Isaiah says. I can, I can see him sitting there. A virgin? Can, can you imagine them sitting there going, <laughs> eating Eating a falafel. <laughs> if you've never had a falafel, let me just tell you it's awful. <laughs> falafel. But having a falafel, dip it in. A virgin? Really? Huh. They, like many others, missed it for about 700 years. The point wasn't about the virgin. The virgin was to highlight the moment. It was about, you can threaten us. You can challenge us, but he's coming. You think you're king, but the king is coming. All of this stuff that's going on, what will get us through is the knowledge that the king is coming. I'm here to tell you today that the king that was born is the king who's coming. That while we're making plans about tomorrow, he's already got it figured out. Well, we're worried about the future because that king was born, that king died, that king rose, and that king sent his spirit into our hearts whereby we cry, Abba, Father. He said he will be a guide to you, a guide. We're in a wilderness. No one knows what to do. They're doing this. and They don't know what to do. But can I tell you, there's a guide on the inside of you. I've had a guide several times. We'd go to Africa, and we're going to go preach down in that church over there. And they say it's out in the bush, and we've got to have a guide. And this little old dark-skinned man come walking out of the bush. Looked like he'd been eaten by a lion and puked back out. <laughs> and he's our guide. I don't think he could find his way to the bathroom. And he gets in that Jeep, and we get in this Jeep, and we're driving first, and it stops, and we nearly hit each other, and he gets out. He comes back, and we go that way. Why do we go that way? Lion that way. 
okay. We drive a little further. He stops. He gets out. I'm thinking, I don't need to know. He was guiding me into the unknown. There was no map. He just knew. That guide is in you. You cannot live without that guide in desperate times. This is not about I talk in tongues, I don't talk in tongues. This is about you're weak and he knows. And you need to know. And there are decisions coming in the next six months. You're going to need God to speak to you. And you're not going to be able to tell other people what to do because it might not be the right choice for them. Don't come and generalize this to me. Don't do it. It's not a sign of your faith. It's not a sign of weakness. I do it because it's the law. And I'm obedient. I'm under authority. And if I expect God to honor me, I'm going to honor the authorities that put it where they put it. Do I agree? Who cares? You're wasting your time and your breath. And you're getting involved in conspiracies. And I need to hear the voice of God. Because I have children in New York that need to hear what God's saying. I have a pastor's wife in Oklahoma City. I need to hear what God's saying. I haven't got time with the hypotheticals. Isaiah said, stop that. Don't fear that. Stay in him. The spirit is in you. What is he saying to you? Do that. And don't expect him to say that to everybody else. Oh, you're, you're sitting there staring at me like a dog at a new gate. You mean I'm responsible to hear from God? Yeah. You are. And what's, what's the great thing is, it's fun. It's really not a bad thing. It, it, it's, no one is your mediator. You, you, can, you can ask him. I was someplace yesterday and there was all this stuff going on. Everybody was doing all this stuff. And the Lord just said, ask her what she wants. <laughs> I stepped up and I said, honey, what do you want? She said, I just need da 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 I said, okay, asked and received. Everybody around me went, huh? She asked. He said, if she asked, she gets, she got. Save a lot of time. But then nobody would get a feather. Sorry, I digress. See, that's, it's not, it doesn't matter whether you're in the journey, whether you're being attacked on the castle. The good news is, is he's in us. And you can hear. I'm just going to celebrate that you're hearing God for yourself. Listen to me. Your pastor is standing saying, whatever God has spoken to you about a mask, good for you. I'm for you. I'm with you because I believe you listen to the Lord. I'm for you. I'm also over here believing whatever they heard from the Lord. I'm for you. 
Uh, you believe God told you to choose the donkey. Okay. I love you. I want to choose the elephant. Okay. I love you. I just believe God. And I'm going to love you even if I don't agree with you. Listen, this church is not. We're not going to be divided over. We ain't going to do it. I'm going to say, have you received the Holy Spirit? Have you talked to Him? You're on a journey through the wilderness and you're still wondering. That's okay. Because fruit grows at its own rate. Mine's about 5% done. Just so you know, I'm about half-baked as it is. I get crazy when people start thinking they're fully done. You, you do know that when the pie is fully done, we throw it in other people's face. You'll get that in a minute. So what does the future hold? Wrong question. What does the future who holds the future? Hmm. Now you can like that person that you didn't agree with last week. Now, now you can call somebody up and say, oh, we're, we're still brothers and sisters. Right? Now you, yeah. This is a weird place. Yeah, in the Father's house, there are many different opinions. <laughs> Everybody has one. Are you here? Okay. So, Pastor, what, what, what might we do? Well, I go sunbathing. In times like this, I just go sunbathing. Malachi says, the son of righteousness rises with healings in his, one says, rays. I, I, I just go sunbathing. I'll pick up the Psalms and just walk through the house and just read the Psalms. Come on. Stephanie's been with me. I just read the Psalms. People say, how do you pray? I just read the Psalms. I just read, I just read the Psalms. I just read them and read them and read them and read them. And then I read Paul's letters. He chose me, redeemed me, he forgave me. The, and, and quite frankly, Dale, I go outside and just start screaming it. Charlie has learned to howl now with me shouting the epistles. For some of you, this is going to really twist you. I go back to the creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven, and he is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you? I just sunbathe. Haven't got time for conspiracy. Haven't got time for fear. I just sunbathe, Connie. Can I tell you? Fear has a way of just kind of. How often do you sunbathe? Oh, it depends on how afraid I am. You'll get that. See, let your fear drive you to Him, motivate you to Him. And I looked, and the door of heaven was open. And he said, come up here. Let me show you what's really going on. 
2020. It's not COVID. It's not, you fill in the blank. The one that was born of a virgin that suffered and died and rose is seated on a throne. Can I tell you what's really going on? Worthy is the lamb that was slain. Holy. Pastor, what do we do? Look up. Holy. 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 He's seated, but watch. He might be standing. Pay attention, Nathan, because he might be standing. My hope of getting through 2020 is he's coming. He's coming. Yeah, we've heard that for 6,000 years. I'm telling you again. He's coming. Yeah, but we've heard that. I don't care. Your ears can grow dull of hearing it. Jesus is coming. Oh, you didn't. You, yeah, but we got plans. Jesus is coming. Oh, we got a virus. Yeah, Jesus is coming. Oh, we got problems with racism. Yeah, Jesus is coming. Our nation is falling apart. Jesus is coming. What are we going to do with health care? Jesus is coming. I don't know why you started coming to church, why you turned to Jesus. If you started coming to Jesus because he could give you a pink Cadillac, you got lied to. Jesus is coming. His kingdom is coming. His rule, his reign is going to take place in my life. Tell it to your children. Tell it to your neighbor. I don't know what they're doing in D.C., but I know what's happening in heaven. And heaven is coming. Nothing. Wasn't a simple song to me. Nothing is better than Jesus. How can you walk through this? Jesus is coming. You understand? How do you, uh, Jesus? I have to. Oh well. He believes in the rapture. I don't know anything about the rapture. I just know he's coming. From the very beginning, he said, there's one coming, and he's still on his way. Coming to my life. Oh, Sam, I, I got to stop. 